Lockdown. Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals. To get you through the COVID-19 lockdown. And welcome back to day five of lockdown and day five of our podcast. My name is Kirsten Farquharson and this is the lovely Danielle DeToy. So today we have a very special guest. Theda Bevington is a baker from England. She bakes the most magnificent things, including decadent <laughs> chocolate fudge cakes, coffee walnut cakes, spiced rhubarb upside down cakes. The list is endless. I feel like... Oh, thank you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I feel like such Hello. a fan today, Tita. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Anything to talk about baking and spreading the love of baking. I'm on board for that. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you here. It feels like a real treat to have you on our podcast today, especially as your baking oh. is so exceptional. Yeah, well, no, thank you. I mean, it, but I'm all self-taught, so it's just, I'm just trying to show you that you can do anything if you just put your mind to it and, you know, keep practicing, basically. That is even more inspiring, the fact that you're completely self-taught. Oh, no, I mean, baking is great. I mean, it's great for so many things, you know, obviously to eat, to make your own food and things like that. It's great. It's assuming they can get the ingredients though, isn't it? Because I've really struggled. Um, you know, a lot of the supermarkets here are really empty. I mean, I think they're they're finally restocking now, but it was yeah. really, the last week has been really tough to get stuff, so. It's impossible to get flour. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I only managed to find one bag um, two days ago, and before that, um, for the last two weeks, I've just not been able to find any flour at all. I'm luckily in that I can, I can get, I've been able to get eggs and butter and milk and things like that, but flour was literally nigh on, <laughs> nigh on impossible to get hold of, which is really tough because I only had half a bag left, and I was like, oh my god! I mean, what is a baker without flour? I mean, exactly. That's just... But that's the thing. So whilst baking is great and I love it as therapy, if you can't actually get the ingredients, it's really hard, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the first question that we had for you, Theda, is that we wanted you to to speak a little bit to our listeners about what it's like in England at the moment, because you know, to give you some context for us, we have the president has given us a 21 day lockdown so that started yeah. last week, Friday, which so, for us was completely unprecedented, but we believe was the right call. It was proactive quite early on meant that we hopefully can flatten the curve. And can you please yeah. enlighten us a bit to what it's like in England? Uh, this is the first, well, this last week was the first week. So it's been the first full week now. Yeah, so, um, but we can still go out for, um, a, you know, one hour walk a day and, um, okay. and to get food and, you know, necessities and things like that. But apart from that, we're, yeah, we're at home. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I live in Norfolk in England, which is a very rural, quite a remote county. So if you look on the map of England, it's the bump that um, sticks out the bottom to the east of England. And so it's quite rural. So, I mean, here it's quite it's very different to it, how it is in London. I've got friends in London, I've, they've sent me pictures and we only go to London, you know, every few months or something. And I think the, the contrast in London is very different to where I am here because life is quite quiet here anyway. But even here, it's noticeable, you know, the, town, the small town that I live in, it's normally bustling, you know, on weekdays and on a Saturday and it's deathly quiet out there. There's hardly anybody out and about. We, we, have, we were in lockdown, but we can go out for an hour a day for exercise and talk dogs and things like that. Um, and even if I just walk out at five minutes from my house, I can walk out into countryside, but the road is quite normally quite busy and it's just eerily quiet. You know, there's hardly any cars on the roads. You do see the odd person and people do 
practice the social distancing here. So, you know, normally everyone says hello, you know, even complete strangers around here where I live anyway. It's just a countryside thing. But now we are saying hello, but from, you know, we deliberately cross the road so that we're well away from the six feet between each other. But a friend of mine sent me some pictures of London, you know, all the busy, really busy places normally. And it's like some sort of apocalyptic you know, scene. They're just really, really quiet. And I think that's because people are finally, finally um, staying home. Because I think last weekend, before the lockdown order came in place, we had a, we've had a glorious week of weather, right? Unprecedented, really lovely sunny weather for, um, for March, which is really unusual. And even though people were told to stay away from each other, obviously people here, because we don't get sun very often, they were streaming to the parks and the beaches. So we've got loads of beaches up here in Norfolk. And they were all using last weekend, totally not, you know, totally ignoring the social distancing rules, which I, we can, you know, everyone can understand because it is, you know, we're all desperate to get out and enjoy the sunshine because we don't see it very often. But I think that's what preempted the complete lockdown because people just weren't listening. So now it is very, very quiet. <laughs> you know, would you say that baking has been helping keeping you grounded during these sort of times where everything's so quiet and no one's outside and things like that? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, I even when I haven't been able to find flour, I've, I've always had that need to bake, I think. And I just love it. And so it just helps you to sort of then, if you can't get the flour or butter or whatever, you have to sort of, well, for me anyway, it's made me be creative. So the other day I saw a friend had posted some semolina pasta, which didn't use any flour. And I was able to get some ground semolina. And that was just lovely to try because, you know, I, I don't know, there's something about, not particularly now, but any time in moments of stress or anxiety in my life, and there've been a few <laughs> ups and downs, it's been, I don't know, it's just been my way of just retreating and getting a sort of a few hours of peace and quiet and just there's something about the making things with your hands and mixing and seeing all the ingredients come together and the smells and the sounds of it you know all of it and, and the tactile taste of it and things like that there's just something about it that just really grounds me when I've got really stressful times so now included but at other times in my life and it's just been nice to sort of lock yourself away and create something beautiful or delicious and um, you know even if it's taken a few hours or even if it hasn't taken a few hours, even if it's just a quick cake, there's just something about the fact that that smells, you know, once you bring it out of the oven and it smells amazing, there's just something that's uplifting about that. And sometimes, yes, it's, I've needed times when I've just had to, like the rhubarb tarts, just make, you know, endless little squares. Of <laughs> and, and it's something mind-numbing about that because you know, you know, you can then block out all other thoughts and just concentrate on that. And that's been, yeah, it's been wonderful. Peter, what got you into baking in the first place? I've always had a sweet tooth. So ever since I was a little girl. So my mother wasn't, she's a fantastic cook, but not a great baker. If I wanted the things I wanted to eat, then I had to make them. <laughs> and that's the way I started. So I um, studied a lot of the sciences at school. So I was a very geeky <laughs> math sort of science person. And baking is, it's like the best sort of chemistry experiment because you <laughs> get all these things and you can, mash them together in different proportions and you get the most amazing things and it's just yeah it's magic basically <laughs> and that's what I love about it turning eggs into chocolate cake is definitely magic it is and it's and it's the fact that you can get flourless chocolate cakes and it still works without flour or the fact that you can get you know that now loads of vegan things you know they're they're baking without egg who knew that a flax egg could even work I mean that's like you know <laughs> things like that it's just amazing things that, that you can do so yeah that is awesome. Nina, what are some of your favorite memories from baking? Um, 
Well, bizarrely, when I was, as I said, I've always baked. So when I was a little girl, I've always baked. I, we had a rhubarb plant in the garden. And I remember baking, you know, cutting that up and making rhubarb crumble when I was about 10 or 11 or something like that. And then um, we had a, a babysitter who, because um, my mother wasn't into baking, our babysitter when my mother was out at work, and my parents were both doctors, so they were out at work a lot. She would come and we, that's when I learned how to mix a basic cake batter. So mixing, you know, how to beat it all. But I used to, learn, I learned how to make meringues by hand without an electric whisk, you know, so just beating it. And she was really old school. You know, she did it all before electric beaters and things like that. But, you know, that's what sparked me. And then I've always, you know, as I said, I've always had a sweet tooth. So that was always making cupcakes or cakes or crumbles and things like that and scones. But then um, about, um, six years ago now I went through a divorce and it was amicable but it was quite traumatic and well very traumatic and and that's when I really got into sort of more decorative well decorative things of so things like the buttercream piping making cakes for friends that were more decorative and had sugar flowers because sugar flowers take an awful lot of time and an awful lot of concentration and I found that for some reason I'd, I'd always wanted to try it and then during the divorce I had uh, lots of times where I was overthinking things a lot and I just needed something to stop my mind from overthinking and I discovered sugar flowers which you have to really concentrate you have to work you know you can't stop and start because they dry out really quickly so you have to be there present with them <laughs> for hours on end um, and that was really helpful for me to sort of to get myself into a zone where I wasn't thinking about anything else and all the stress and worrying about the future and just concentrating on making beautiful sugar flowers which then stay you, know, you can keep them forever and it was just something beautiful that came out of it and then since then, big friends noticed that I was into sugar flowers and asked me to make lots of their kids. I've got four kids. You know, they have a lot of friends and lots of parents and, you know, who need cake. And from that, it, um, I started making birthday cakes and things for other people's kids. And, and they were doing it to help me get through as well. Tough time. And then obviously word spread and I just ended up making a lot of cakes. And that's how I became, that's where the practice came in because I was just practicing oh. making lots and lots of cakes. A lot, basically. <laughs> And that's where the buttercream came from as well. Sure. Peter, that's something I wanted to ask you about because when I look at your Instagram profile, it's incredible. The amount of intricate sort of oh, patterns and patterns and just those rhubarb cakes are incredible. <laughs> and, you know, psychologists have really found a strong connection between creative expression and well-being. And yeah, so it almost sounds like, you know, spending the time, like you were saying now, on making those intricate patterns is something that helps stop you from ruminating and overthinking and, and things like that. So that's quite interesting to hear that. Yeah, no, it's exactly true. I mean, I found, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'll just bake a simple cupcake, you know, because my children don't actually like decorated cupcakes. They just like plain vanilla cupcakes. But it is, it's definitely a way of sort of taking yourself out of horrible thoughts or anxious, anxious thoughts or worrying thoughts, you know, just for a moment to make something and sort of just to ground yourself and take a moment and, you know, and, and all the things, the smells and sounds and the taste, you know, it just gives you a moment of peace and happiness. And then you can then think I can tackle whatever I need to tackle <laughs> and get on with it. That's what I found anyway for me. So, you know, yeah. what would you say some of your favorite recipes are? Um, Oh, it's really, because uh, people say, what would I bake? If, you know, if I had one thing to choose to bake, I, mm. oh, it's really difficult because I just crave things. It just depends on what I'm craving. So Sundays, uh, scones are great. I mean, I'm generally of any flavor. Well, it depends. So, um, but yeah, generally scones are my go-to in any moment where I'm just wanting just some something warm, sort of 
crumbly and tender and a bit of crisp on the outside and um and they go perfectly with jam you know we have them scones with jam and cream or sometimes i make them with lots of flavor like chocolate or marzipan or fruit in them and you know they're just nice with a bit of glaze and with a cup of tea honestly that's just afternoon tea perfection I just, afternoon tea is my favorite favorite meal so all the little sandwiches and scones and little cakes um but it just depends so sometimes you know obviously chocolate is a huge craving so sometimes there's nothing better than big sort of warm chocolate pudding you know um, oh, I'm getting uh, with yeah because <laughs> um, bizarrely my, ki my kids don't really like as I said that you know um, we don't really like layer cakes so whilst I'm known for making layer cakes and all of that we never actually fancy eating them ourselves um, but I love making them what other things scones and um, cookies we go through an inordinate amount of cookies in my house <laughs> yeah I must have tried about 50 different recipes yeah, cookies are always good. My kids always love cookies, so I'm always happy to bake mm. cookies. And, you know, and um, they're totally blasé. They have no idea how lucky they are. But, you know, they can just ask, Mom, can you make cookies or profiteroles or something? And they'll they'll appear. But, yeah, <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah profiteroles, profiteroles are another thing. They're really good. Oh, my goodness. Because they don't, people, they get really daunted by shoe pastry. Yeah. It's really actually it's really actually quite easy once you know what you're looking for and um and they're really quick to whip up so you know honestly profiteroles with chocolates warm chocolate sauce filled with cream or ice cream oh my goodness they're they're delicious too <laughs> i so think it's my favorite podcast <laughs> just because <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, also, it's, it's quite special to share what you've baked. You know, you're speaking now about sharing your baked things with your, with your kids. I baked your chocolate fudge cake last week, Sunday. Oh, so yeah. Still feeling very surreal that we have you on our podcast because of that. <laughs> oh. It was such a lovely feel-good moment giving it to my husband. He doesn't have a sweet tooth. Yeah. He devoured like three pieces of cake. Oh, my God. Well, it's quite a, it's, because the fudge frosting is quite sweet, but the cake itself is, it, it's, I don't know, it's not very sweet, the cake, the, the cake layers, but it's a nice, sometimes my kids just like eating the cake layers on their own, but the fudge frosting, it's, I don't know, I mean, it's a very good cake. I found it, I found a recipe years and years ago in a magazine, I think, and then just adapted it slightly, and that's the chocolate fudge cake, and yeah, so many people love it, it's really weird. <laughs> So I think it can definitely bring some people together during this time, especially families at home, baking, sharing those special things with their families, with their kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I know lots of people, you know, people don't want to make a big layer cake now or big batches of scones or things like that. So you could always, you know, I, I like recently I found a recipe I wanted to try, but I didn't need, I knew my kids and I wouldn't eat a big, you know, massive cake. So we, you know, it's easy to half recipes as well now. You don't have to make the rest. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to be a massive genius. Either, really. <laughs> some people get daunted by that as well you know so you just literally just halve all the recipes or you know all the ingredients so if there's 200 grams you just go for 100 grams you know it's not you know you don't have to be super clever to halve a recipe or quarter it you know and and that way you can still get something delicious and not feel like you've wasted it or you can't eat all of it and you can you know sometimes you can like freeze scones or you know so it's a nice way to you know baking is a nice way of sharing things in your you know if you're in even in your immediate household and if that's not a very big household you can still share things with other people and you know still get the joy from it so yeah, yeah which is lovely Theda, how do you stay so positive during this time you just have so much energy and so much enthusiasm for life and uh, with the world being so doom and gloom how do you do it well i think um i mean i think i've always been quite a positive person with lots of energy i think just looking just remembering back from when i was a child i was i was always you know on the go and always busy and I, li I, you know, I like exercise so I like you know I, I've always been 
I'm quite keen to keep myself fit and stuff. And that's always been the case. But um, there have been down points. I mean, I have, I, you know, I, when I, oh gosh, 20 years ago, so two, the year 2000, um, qualified as a chartered accountant because of the maths and the science and geekiness and all of that. And I seem to be a perfect fit for all of that. And on paper, I was a perfect fit, but I hated the corporate world. I absolutely hated all that politicking and career climbing and things like that. And I got seriously depressed. I got really, really depressed. And, and then it was really, really hard. And that's when I started, I, 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 that's when I did a bit more baking, I think. Because it just, I've not always, I'm just trying to say that I've not always been positive. It's, you know, I, I realised, I, I got to a really low moment and I realised that I had to do something to sort of, get out of it if you know what I mean and um and then yeah. I did manage to get out of it um I thankfully had a very supportive husband he's an ex-husband now but he was <laughs> he was a very supportive husband at the time and parents who were supportive although very worried um but then I had my kids and they literally saved my life because I would even if I ever get, had low points after that having them there meant I would never be I don't know that just seeing their faces, you know, them, the fact that they, that they were little and needing me meant that I always had to be positive. I couldn't, I didn't want to cry in front of them. I didn't want to be down in front of them. And so I just knew, I just, you, you know, I just learned that I just had to take a deep breath and, and just even doing a full smile, you know, just for them. It just, I don't know. I mean, I think there's been a study on it in Japan that even fake smiling helps you feel positive or something. I'm sure I read that somewhere, but just smiling for them and keeping positive for them, especially during the divorce. I don't know. It just helped me sort of stay positive, I guess. And then I, you know, during the divorce, it was, there were many, many dark days and days when I didn't sleep, you know, I was sleep, surviving on two hours sleep a night, most for about six, well, six months to a year. But then I had this mo. I don't know. I just had this moment, probably when I was actually doing the sugar flowers late in the night one time, there was one moment I just had this sort of light bulb moment myself um in the middle of the night and I just thought I said to my I literally said to myself feeder stop just stop you're overthinking everything and just get on with it and I, I don't know I just had this moment where I just, so I, I said to myself be thankful for you know that, that you still have a roof over your head that you still have food for your kids that you have kids that they're healthy that you're happy that you're healthy as well and I think that's just being grateful and mindful of things that you that not everything is bad really helped me to stay positive through all of it and just reminding myself of that and you know that people say you can write you know lists of things that you're grateful for or having a diary every day and writing things that you're grateful for and I think that can work as well for people but for me just saying every day just reminding myself you know so when I took the dogs out for a walk just being present in that moment and just not thinking about all the other things that was going on um just being thankful for the, the fresh air being able to walk being able to be in the um, fresh in fresh air outside appreciating the sunshine or appreciating spring the fact that leaves are unfurling things like that that's always helped me stay positive as well and and I and I, now I just you know I annoy my children by how positive I am <laughs> because I'm always saying now you know you know whenever they're going oh mom, this is awful and I'm just going well be thankful you can do it be thankful you can do it. so you know I think I just sort of yeah found that's the what works for me basically being mindful Wow, Peter, your resilience is really, really beautiful. And as you're speaking now, I can see how much your kids mean to you. And I think, you know, your capacity for, for putting one foot in front of the other and just carrying on is, is going to be a, a beautiful example to them. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, I think because they're with me all the time, they kind of, I don't know, they kind of, you know, they, as they take most mothers, they take them for granted and things like that. And they're always like, Mom, stop. <laughs> you know, whenever I'm going, oh, look at that leaf or look at those flowers. <laughs> but um, I'm hoping that it will 
filter through and that when they're adults and maybe when they have kids of their own you yeah. know that they'll know that they'll understand I don't know <laughs> but I'm always trying to teach them just to see the joy to look up just look around not always be looking inside or whatever it's you know and hopefully it'll sink in I don't know. <laughs> that's wonderful and very inspiring Peter, our last question for you today is what can you leave aspiring bakers with what sort of positive message or advice do you have for aspiring bakers um just keep practicing basically if it's something you love and if you and most people do love baking if it's just something really simple like a cupcake it's just and if you feel that you're not getting any better i've you know people have seen me on my instagram with i've you know i've piped a design and hated it and i've you know to the to the <laughs> to the sadness of many i've scraped it off and apparently i get so many people <laughs> say oh that really upsets me when you do that <laughs> but, you know, I'd say just practice, you know, I, I wasn't my first, you know, when I look back at my first attempts at piping, they were, tr they were abysmal, literally abysmal. <laughs> uh, my first buttercream roses were awful, but just, yeah, just keep going, just with like anything in life, you know, I say to the kids, you know, you can't get good at piano unless you keep practicing or, you know, and hopefully, you know, the, if you love it a little bit, it'll just keep growing and the love will keep growing and the, as the practice becomes more you'll get better and there's always you know I have bad days sometimes and I think oh I'm gonna scrape that off and start again but you can generally start again you know and yeah and, and also another tip for bakers do follow the recipe though you know a lot of people you know um, I was talking to another baker friend of mine and they said you know we get annoyed by sometimes by questions like oh can we substitute this or can we substitute that and they were saying no <laughs> <laughs> you're trying a recipe for the first time make it as written and just follow the recipe and read the recipe because you know there's no point reading through it and then going oh I should have done that before you know things like that and a lot of people I think feel they fail because they haven't read the recipe properly basically <laughs> you know so yeah you can practice all you like but if you haven't read the recipe and you're missing a bit then you're gonna fail anyway <laughs> so basically yeah read the recipe through make it as written and then once you're confident with that recipe then you can tweak and you know substitute try something different and once you know how things work and how mixtures look basically just put the practice in and just keep practicing and keep enjoying eating it all and yeah and feel no guilt about doing it either <laughs> and just keep doing it basically Peter, that is such such great advice you've honestly i, I don't bake but <laughs> i'm probably going to start <laughs> to <this interview. laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean at this time where everybody is feeling so out of control to have control over something that you're going to create you know exactly. to know that I'm going to put this much flour and that much baking powder and that much egg yeah. and it's going to create this product having control over that can be so therapeutic yeah no that's true that's so right exactly you know exactly what you're going to get you know and and it is you have it's control over something you know a lot of people I've heard of really feeling like their lives are spiraling out of control and something that's helped me during this time especially with the kids and trying to keep them grounded and upbeat um, because they don't know when they're going to see their friends again and things like that you know it is trying to accept what you can't control so all of this outside but also doing what you can to you can control so you can control the baking you know what you're going to put in you can weigh it and there's something quite calming about that you are knowing you know, you're putting in 200 grams and that's that's up to you that's what you you know you're controlling yeah. and then yeah and you're all you know you're staying inside that's your that's under your control as well and your mindset you can control how you accept this and how you think about this and yeah the baking is again something you know exactly what you're going to get and then you can you can control how you enjoy it <laughs> you know, <things> like that. <laughs> oh, 
Thank you so much, Theda, for your time today. It was such no. an incredible privilege. I think you've just made my no. whole lockdown period. It's just been phenomenal. <laughs> I'm going to bake all the things. Oh, it's been, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we are so honored and blessed. We are really so, so grateful that you've been so generous with your time. We are really so, so grateful. Oh, well, thank you so much for asking. It was, it was a real pleasure. Honestly, it was a real, real pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and take care. <laughs> you, too. you too. You too. Stay healthy. Yes. <laughs> so for those of you that would like to follow Theda Bevington, you can find her on Instagram. Her handle is at Theda, that's T-H-I-D-A dot Bevington, B-E-V-I-N-G-T-O-N. To have a look at all of her scrumptious delights and you can also book a class with her for an individual baking session so that's it for us we will see you next time on how to mental health lockdown edition stay sane everybody we'll check in later see you soon <laughs>